really was just as simple as that. I mean, I had no concept of um, running or paces or, you know, shoes or clothing or watches or, I mean, I really think I carried a Discman maybe. This one's radio episode 659 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode, just want to uh, let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Knucklelights.com, a company that uh, has been a, a longtime partner of the show, uh, supporter. They've, they've helped us grow and hopefully we've helped them grow a little bit as well. I know many of you uh, in the past have uh, you know grabbed yourself a set of Knucklelights and they really are, in my opinion at least, uh, the best light option out there for runners. Uh, you know, I know that headlamps get a lot of attention and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, for the big reason that they're, that they're hands free, that you don't have to hold the light. You can just put the headlamp on your head and, uh, rock and roll. But I, I mean, I don't know, I call me crazy, but, uh, not too many headlamps are at least the ones that I've tried are that comfortable. You know, it's just, it just kind of rides on your head and, uh, you know, it, it works, but nah. And enter knuckle lights. That's that's why I'm a big fan of knuckle lights. Yes, they're in your hands, but the beauty is you don't have to hold them. Uh, the the strap on the light fits around your your hands, around your knuckles. Eh? How's that for for naming your product uh, just like it works? But the the band fits around your knuckles. The light faces out away from from the palm of your hand. So while you're running, the light is shining in front of you. You're able to see what's coming on the road, and probably more importantly what's on the road is able to see you. So if somebody's driving, uh, you know, and they're not paying attention for runners, which let's not kid ourselves. Most drivers, uh, aren't paying attention for runners unless that driver's a runner, then maybe he or she is paying attention. But, uh, most, most car traffic, not paying attention for runners on the road. And especially when it's dark out, the lights help you to be seen by the cars, which help you to be safe. So not only can you see what's coming on the trail or the road in front of you, but you can also be seen by any traffic that's coming your way, which, uh, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. That's, that helps you get home safely and get back out there the next day and do it all again. So if you haven't gotten yourself a set of knuckle lights yet, if you've got a headlamp and you don't like it, I'm telling you, you're not going to go wrong with a set of knuckle lights. Make a great Christmas present, birthday present, anytime present, present for yourself, whatever the case might be, but head over to knucklelights.com, grab yourself a set and uh, make sure you let them know that they that you heard about uh, the company and, and the product here on Diz Runs Radio helps to keep uh, keep that support strong. Helps them to know that their advertising dollars are being well spent. And uh, let me know as well because I'm always always happy to hear when uh, you know the the sponsors and the partners that I'm working with uh, you know that, that we've got a good fit with the audience. And I know we already do because many folks have have already grabbed a pair uh, over the years and have let me know of it. But always love to know when, when new folks jump in and grab a set. So knucklelights.com is the website. Uh, and now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. One of the uh, most common questions that I get and that I hear in, in all runners, running circles that I'm in, involved in and a part of, and, and it always has to do something with diet. You know, it's the, what should I eat on, on race day? What should I eat on a regular basis? What should I eat when I'm not running? Should I eat before I run? Should I not eat? Should I run fasted? All of these questions about food and fuel and nutrition. Uh, you know, there, there's a, a thousand different questions and a thousand different answers, depending on who you're, who you're asking. Uh, and, and there's probably never the, the right answer other than what your answer is. But, uh, anyway, today we're, my guest today is, uh, is a nutritionist, uh, and a, and a, a Di- uh, 
she's kind of screwing that up, I think, but she can correct me if, I, if I'm getting her credentials wrong. A registered dietitian, which is a, a step above nutritionist, uh, obviously a runner as well. So uh, we'll be able to uh, to answer some some questions, have some maybe a little bit of a fun debate. We kind of got into it a little bit at Prairie Fire Marathon, just not not really into it, but just uh, talked about my nutrition choices a little bit, and and obviously uh, not not always a standard thing. But we'll get into all that as we go. But uh, first, obviously, got to introduce her. So thankful to uh, to be able to have another another Wahoo runner on on board today uh, with Miss Lisa Braden. So thanks for joining us today, Lisa. Really uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, certainly. And guys, if you want to connect with Lisa, if you haven't done so already, at Wahoo underscore underscore, gosh, I can't even talk today, at Wahoo <laughs> underscore LB is the handle on Instagram, probably the best place to connect with her and, and uh, follow along with what she's got going on running-wise, nutrition-wise, all of all of the things uh, on Instagram, best place at Wahoo underscore LB. And as per usual, we'll have things linked up in the show notes today, uh, disruns.com slash 659. I'll take you back to the show notes for today's episode uh, with all the, the summaries and synopsises, cliff notes, links, all of all of the things, disruns.com slash 659. So Lisa, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show, uh, it's, it's, it's the one constant since literally since day one, four and a half years ago, almost now, uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Gosh, that one's a little hard for me. Um, I fell in love with road racing in the half marathon. That was the first road race I ever did. And so my heart, I think will always be halfway in the half if that's, <laughs> um, a term, but, um, I'm actually pretty new to marathoning, but I've done, um, I started, doing the marathon this year and I've done three so far. Um, and so, yeah, I'm learning to love that race. It's really hard. It's, um, you know, physically hard, it's mentally hard, but there's just so many life lessons wrapped up in that race that, um, I'm learning to, to love that one too. So can I have one foot in the marathon and one foot and a half? Does that count? <laughs> sure. Sure. We'll let, we'll let you ride the fence on the, uh, the question of what is your favorite. Okay, but sure. It's, it, it is, you know, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, you know, I'll give you the pass because it, it is something that, you know, it, 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 for a lot of people, it is tough. It's tough to nail it down. There's, there's usually a couple of distances that, uh, you know, like, like I really like, you know, the, the half because it's, it was like, like exactly what you said, it's the first race or it's a first race you ever ran or the first race that, uh, or it's a race that you don't have to train too much for where it completely in, 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 engulfs your life. Like marathon training can sometimes do, right. but yeah, the, the marathon, it's, it's a tricky beast. And so that, you know, if, if you like to tackle a, a, a challenge, that's, that's a great option as well. Yeah. I mean, I've done, I did the half for about 15 years, um, before I jumped into the marathon, I always thought I'd be kind of a one and done, um, maybe, a you know, when I hit 40 midlife crisis type of thing, <laughs> but, um, I kind of got it started a, a few years earlier than that. And, uh, I don't know, my running has just taken off in the last few years. And, um, so it was just kind of a natural progression, but you know, that the half still will always hold mm-hmm. a special place in my heart. Cause it just, I don't know, it's what kind of laid the foundation for everything else. Gotcha, gotcha, and and I want to go back to to something you said earlier in a minute, but first, something that you just said uh, is uh, that that it, it, fifteen years of running the half before you decided to to take the leap into the full. What <laughs> what that like at, at that point? Like you said, it wasn't like it was a, a milestone birthday where I'm gonna I'm gonna go do it because I'm forty now. Like what what was the uh, the nudge that got you to to go full crazy instead of just half crazy? Um, you know, it's funny. 
I think I, <laughs> so I started running with Wahoo um, and I'd been running with them for about six months. And I think the conversation went something like, oh, we're running Austin and so are you. <laughs> like, so, um, and, you know, I mean, obviously there was no fight on my end with that, but it, it was just, it was the, it was the time, um, you know, the mileage was there, the, the love for running was there. It was just, it was time to take that next leap and try something a little bit more. So, um, plus I'd been working for a while to improve, improve my time in the half. Mm-hmm. And I'd finally come to a point where I'd hit that goal that I wanted to hit. And so I was like, okay, well, let's keep improving the half, but let's, you know, try something else too. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, the decision was kind of made for you for, for lack of a better way of saying it. <laughs> yes. Out of love for sure. Right. But yes, right. it was, uh, it was uh, decided for me. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've got with, with friends like that, that are telling you that you're just going to run a marathon and that's what it is, you know, who needs, who needs enemies, but, uh, obviously it, it worked <laughs> out and, and, uh, you've done it more than once now you've done it three times. So it couldn't have been that bad. And, and obviously another, another challenge is something to keep working towards, which is awesome. Right. Yes. Um, three and nine months, um, it has been very interesting. So we actually, I'm headed to, um, California this afternoon because we are going to CIM, which we signed mm-hmm. up for quite a while back. Um, but that was before we won a trip to do the New York City Marathon about four weeks ago. So um, I ended up stepping back from this one, and I'm just going to go and spectate. But, um, yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a break from the marathon for um, about six months, and we're going to race another one this summer. So, um, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I, that, that's uh... – I was thinking that you're you going to say that you're about to run your fourth in in uh, in, in the, the first year of running a marathon. I was like, gosh, woman, you're crazy. But that's uh, that's probably the uh, the cooler head prevail type of thing to to not push your luck anymore. Yeah, my body needs a little bit of a break. We had some uh, family job transitions and stuff this mm-hmm. fall, and so um, and I I'm an adjunct professor at the university here, and so I was teaching my class, and we had a, my husband had a job change, and there was just so much going on that it was like, okay, I just don't really think two marathons in the next right. few months is probably the best choice. Right, right. Well, and that's and that's an important uh, you know kind of thing that that I think we all kind of it's it's easy to tell maybe other people, uh, you know, to, to, Hey, you know, if life, life just got a little bit crazy, life's throwing you some curveballs. Like it's, it's okay that, you know, CIM's not going anywhere. You can always run it again next year if you want, or you're, you know, somewhere down the line or there's always other marathons, but you know, when, when it's ourselves, at least for me, I'm a lot, uh, I struggle a lot more to, to always keep that, that clear head and, and be like, you know what? Yes, the life is a little bit crazier. My body is not quite right, and it's telling me I probably shouldn't push it. Uh, did you have any of that type of, of struggle, or were you, were you able to keep keep the uh, the uh, decision very logical? Which, which I mean, from what you just said, it sounds like 100% was the, the logical right choice. Was it was it a difficult choice though to make? Um, no, I think it was difficult. I think, you know, there were some times, um, just after recovery from the summer from a marathon and then we went straight into a half and then New York city. Um, I do feel like I was, my body was kind of telling me like, yeah, let's, let's take a break. Let's step back. Let's focus on some strength and some other things to make sure that I don't completely wear down to where I can't reach the goals, um, that I'm wanting to reach, but nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. It was just kind of like, you know, I'm a little tired. (laughs) Probably shouldn't go into things that are, uh, super exhausting right now. So yeah, well, and that's listening. Listen to your body. That's that's uh, half the battle right there, which a lot of new runners struggle with. But if you got 15 years of half marathon experience, you obviously, uh, you know, you, you've probably maybe fought those battles before, maybe learned a couple of those lessons, and and uh, you know, making making better choices now as a, as a marathon newbie, which is which is uh, a good thing, a, a good a good obviously good choice to make. But fat, or rewinding, not fast forwarding, rewinding back to sure. uh, 15 years ago, like you said, the the half marathon was the first road race that you had had ever run. I mean. Um, what, 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 uh, why, why 
jump into that end of the pool as, as opposed to kind of wading in with some, you know, 5k, 10k, something like that. What was, <laughs> right. what was the, the, the way that you got into running to where, you know, you, you ended up running a half marathon as your first race? Um, you know, I don't even know exactly how it started. Um, but I remember I just kind of wanted, I had graduated from college and I was, um, working in a summer camp and I just kind of started some light jogging that summer. And I remember thinking, okay, by the end of the summer, I want to be able to get to the stop sign, which was, there was a hilly road and it was two miles to the stop sign and two miles back. So I worked all summer to get um, to the stop sign and back and I got, and I did that. And so I got home, I said, you know, let's keep this up. Let's um, see what I can do. I just, running has always just been something that I've loved and um, found a lot of joy in. And so um, every weekend I would go out and say, oh, okay, well, I ran four miles last weekend. Let's try five. And it really was just as simple as that. I mean, I had no concept of um, running or paces or, you know, shoes or clothing or watches, or, I mean, I really think I carried a discman maybe. I mean, this was, <laughs> you know, early 2000. So um, somewhere in that range. And uh, so I just kind of started to build on that. And I had a friend um, contact me, or we were just talking and she said, Hey, I'm been training for this race. It's a half marathon. And I probably said something like, Oh, how far is that? <laughs> you know? Um, and she said, I'm doing it in a couple weeks. Do you want to come down and run it with me? And I said, well, sure. Um, I have no idea if I can run 13 miles, but I ran, you know, 12 last weekend. So I'll try. <laughs> um, and so I went out like two weeks before and ran what I thought was 13 miles and it ended up being like almost 15, just because, you know, at that time I didn't have watches and I was right. just trying to figure it out. So, um, so I said, Oh, okay. Yeah, I bet I could do this. And then, um, signed up and ran it and had a great time. I, you know, ran in, uh, shoes that were too small and cotton shorts and cotton t-shirt and ended up, um, it was funny enough that that was my fastest half marathon until about, Oh, I guess a year ago wow. uh, or two years ago. And so, um, you know, just having no idea, no concept um, of what any of that looked like. And so, you know, I just loved it. And I thought, well, let's just keep doing this. So I did one or two halves a year for many years. And then um, I took some break from running and races um, when my kids were born, mm -hmm. but then kind of got back into it after that and uh, really started building on um, building on that over the last few years. My youngest is four now. And so he was 18 months old when I started back um, to the half with him. And it's made a lot of progress since then. And yeah. so, yeah, I'll say definitely, uh, yeah, the, the, the progress and, and, um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I think I was, I was probably, uh, I don't know that I would say I got into running at the same time, but I was running begrudgingly sometimes at the same time where like, I remember having the discman out there and like having to hold it just right. So it didn't skip too much, but as long as you held it, oh, right, right. You know, like it, it worked. So yeah, like, and, and all the cotton stuff, which, which, you know, I, I'm kind of cringing because it's like, gosh, I couldn't imagine doing that now. But uh, when you don't know anybody, you don't know anybody, right? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I remember at one point in that race, somebody came up behind me and said, boomer sooner. And I thought, how in the world do they know that I'm from Oklahoma? And sure enough, I realized I had Oklahoma written across the back of my shorts. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, not the greatest race choice attire, but I've gotten a little better and a little smarter since then. So, um, but it's just funny to look back on, uh, on those times too. And the race that I ran, it was funny because, um, I remember, 
finishing and the crowd just starting to roar. And I was thinking, what is going on? And, um, and I finished and then I realized what was happening is that the marathoners were finishing around that time. Cause I was on a half delay or I was on a delayed start and they were, I mean, they were running a pretty fast marathon. I think they finished like, Oh, probably 210, 215 or something Ooh, like that. And so, nice. yeah, it was a it was a big race. It was in Dallas, so it was a big race. So they had brought in some um, pretty elite runners. So anyway, I just was thinking, why is everyone yelling so loud? You know, it's just me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was funny. Gotcha, gotcha. So you, you mentioned in, in, in there that uh, that was your fastest half for, for a while. It almost sounds like until, you, not, not almost, definitely until you kind of got back into it after having kids. In, in right. that, in those, those first, you know, however many years where, where you were still running, um, were you, were you trying to PR? I mean, were you, were you trying to push the pace and get faster? Were you running more for fun? Like, like it, 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 it I mean, I, I know how it can happen, but it almost seems like hard to wrap my head around how, you know, when you didn't really know what you were doing, you managed to be faster than, than you had been until you really got back into focusing it. So, so was that, was speed of, of focus at all in those, in those early, you know, early eight, eight or 10 years, something like that? No, it was really just finishing. Um, I always finished within the same time that race. Um, my very first half was I finished in two hours flat. And then um, I kind of hovered in this like 205, 210, whatever, um, you know, just but it was all about finishing. I had mm-hmm. zero idea how to train what, you know, how fast I was going. I did no speed work whatsoever. It was just about miles. And I think the the, being the fastest time, I mean, I really probably trained for that race for seven or eight months, you know, from zero to half and had quite a few miles underneath me, you know, looking back. And then I was also, you know, quite a bit younger. <laughs> so, um, you know, those paces come a little bit easier on, on young legs, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember three, I guess it's been three years. So my first half returning from, um, having my son and, uh, I ran a two sixteen. And, you know, we just had some family situations in there. My husband had been through a big accident and I was looking for some stress relief and things. And so um, I remember thinking, you know what, let's let's keep running. Let's set some goals. Let's try and chase that two hour half marathon that I set at, you know, 24 or whatever it was. And um, I said, whether I get it or not, you know, it'll be sure it'll be fun to try. And so um, so I set out kind of looking figuring out what that looked like. I had no professional coaching. I had nothing. It was just like, let's try and get faster. And I ended up breaking two hours that next. So I ran that race, the 216 in November, and I ended up breaking two hours in March. Um, And then again in April, just doing really two runs on the treadmill and one long run Mm -hmm. because I had kids and I was trying to balance all that. And um, so from there, I thought, well, hey, let's maybe I could break 150. Um, and that ended up what led me to the Wahoo group. Um, my daughter was in a running club and I started, you know, chatting with the head of the running club saying, Hey, you know, this is what I've been doing and I'd like to break 150. You know, how do I, what does that even look like? I don't even know. And so, um, you know, that path kind of led me to finding, um, Carly and Christy who own Wahoo run. And we, now we all train together and, they were instrumental in me finally breaking 150, and um, now I'm at 142. I mean, I've dropped from 216 to 142 at you know 36 years old um, in the last couple of years. So you know, and then that's just kind of built. Um, everything is built on there, and I have these great friends and these wonderful coaches, and my running life is really fulfilling and brings me a lot of joy. So it's pretty cool how that all kind of works itself out. 
Yeah, yeah, certainly. And and that's um, you know, one of one of the uh the things that um you know, is just so nice when you can find a good group like that and and hopefully you know if you have like like obviously like like you guys do with wahoo where you've got some coaches so you've got local you've got these connections you've got friendships uh you've got running partners all all built in um and and yeah it's no no surprise that when when that kind of i don't want to say perfect storm but that kind of mixture comes together like you know with with that base of fitness that you you built not even maybe necessarily knowing it uh it kind of makes sense that, that things got quite a bit faster from there yeah, I mean, it's funny because I'm a pretty hardcore introvert. And so I really resisted. They invited me on several runs. And I said, you know, I'm really just an indiv- you know, a solitary mm-hmm. runner. It's kind of my therapy. I love to do it myself. And um, it took me a while to actually agree to, to run with them. Um, and so, and it's funny just looking back, like, you know, what if I had never said yes? Like, I can't imagine my days, you know, without them and without, you know, all the stuff that we do. And um, plus they run at five in the morning, which is kind of hard to sign up, sign up for, but, um, <laughs> but now it's just a part of, you know, our everyday routine and, um, it's just brought so much just into, you know, my life and my running life. So it's been, it's been really neat. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, not a whole lot of friends that I would do stuff for at five o'clock in the morning, but for some reason the, the running friends, <laughs> right. it's like, it's, it, you don't even think twice about it. It's like, Oh yeah, well, right. of course I'll be there. Like wh- whatever, let's, let's go. I mean, we threw a birthday party at like 4.45 a.m. like a month ago, you know, and so I'm posting about it saying we are the only people I know that throw a birthday party at 5 a.m. So um, it's pretty funny. And, and, and everybody but runners are going, that's crazy. And the runners are just like, eh, I mean, you know, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Like that's, that's what time everybody gets together. So, you know, that's you, you do it. You have your little party and then you go go get your workout in. So it's it's all good. Right. I mean, you know, 6 a.m. is now sleeping in. So right. uh, there's right. there's <laughs> Boy, definitely yeah. some shift in perspective. Yeah. It's, and I'm just, you know, you say, you say that and it's, it's the exact same for me. Like, like if I sleep till 6am, like I almost can't fall asleep the, the next night. And there used to be a time where, you know, it, it took, it took a, an army to get me out of bed at 6am. So it's, you know, perspectives change, right. times change it's... And, and it's just funny how that all works out. Um, yeah. One thing that, uh, I, I, I know that you did, and, and we kind of mentioned it there in talking about the marathons this year, but you ran, uh, New York city this year and it kind of came, um, from, from what I understand from, from talking with you and Carly in, in, uh, in Wichita and, and kind of hearing that story play out a little bit, um, kind of came pretty unexpected, which is, I guess, why you're not doing CIM this year. Um, but tell us a little bit about running, A, just about kind of what happened with, with you guys getting to be sure. part of uh, the, 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 the Michelob Ultra team, which is, which is pretty cool, um, and also just about running New York in general because, you know, I mean, obviously it's a big race, and, and uh, I'm always curious to find out how people enjoyed running, you know, a, a race that big and, and that whole experience. Right, yeah, it was an unbelievable experience. Um, we still, I mean, it's been a month, and we still just you know, kind of pinch ourselves and say, I can't believe that happened. But, um, yeah, so it, we, I'm trying to think exactly how it happened, but, um, in early June, so Michelob ultra sponsors, 95 runners to run the New York city marathon every year. And, um, I was on my Twitter feed one day and we're big, um, fans of Shalane Flanagan. And so, um, it came through on my Twitter feed either. I can't remember if it was Michelob ultra, if it was her or whatever. Um, cause I follow both, but it came through like, you know, enter this contest to win a chance to run New York city and be coached by Shalane Flane again. So, um, that, you know, within seconds was on our text messaging thread. Like, yeah, everybody needs to enter. We all need to do this. Like, what if we got chosen? Like, this would be so fun, blah, 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 blah. So, um, so we all entered and it was a couple of, there was a website and it asked you a couple of questions and, 
honestly, I put almost zero thought into it. It was like, you know, what brings you joy in running? And I said something like my running buddies. And then it was like, why do you want to run for team ultra? And I said, Shalane, <laughs> I mean, I think it was as simple as that. And, but I think what happened was, so we all entered and then we have this kind of fight tradition where we do shakeout dances before big races. And so we were all getting together because we were running either a 4th of July 5K or it may have been for Jack and Jill um, downhill marathon that we were doing in July. Because I left, I spent the most of the summer in Portland. And so um, that may have been it. We were um, dancing before I left. So anyway, all of that to say we were together and we were doing some shakeout dances and just laughing and um, having fun like we always do. And um the house that we were at, she happened to have some Michelob Ultra. And so we all said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we danced to Michelob Ultra? And so literally with one take based off of a video that we saw on YouTube, um, we did one minute of dancing to the song Rolex. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with it. Um, but anyway, uh, we did one minute, one out, or one take of this video, and we put it out on Twitter and our Instagram feed. I'm sure you can find it. It's still on Wahoo Run. Um, and I, we kind of think that that may have sealed the deal for um, for our team ultra. So, sure enough, you know they were announcing. I think you know one Friday in July, like the second Friday in July, and I was in Portland, and everybody else was at home, and. Um, so we start texting each other, has anybody heard? And I said, no, I haven't heard anything. And then I checked my email and I had, you know, welcome to Team Ultra. Wow. And then that kind of spiraled from there. So we all, um, we called ourselves the five of 95 because there were five of us dancing and there were 95 runners and we all got accepted um, to run New York City. So they flew us out there and put us up in a hotel a few blocks from Central Park wow. and... Yeah, I mean, we spent the whole weekend just meeting other teammates and, you know, seeing New York City, and we had a great time. And so, um, and then the day of the race, they they um, charter buses to take you to the start line. We had our own tent. We had our own start time. Um, we all got to start as a group. We had, you know, matching jerseys. And anyway, it was just a really, really incredible experience. Um, and to be able to do that with Team Ultra and, you know, five of your best friends, I mean, you really just couldn't. Um, I don't know. It's going to be hard to top for sure. I mean, I won't put it. Um, I mean, Wahoo will probably be able to top it at some point, but not for a while. So um, it was just really, really neat. Yeah, that's that. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the the reasons that I kind of have have continued to hold back from throwing my name in the in the lottery for New York is all of the logistical nightmare. And so goodness gracious, talk about solving, solving all that problem at once. Like I, I would, I think I would, I, it wouldn't take much arm twisting, I think to get me to do something like that, where it's, it's, right. you know, we've got a bus for you and we've got a starting place and, and <laughs> all of, you know, a, a hotel right there at the finish. Like, uh, I could, I could, I feel like I could sign up for that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was definitely, you're right. And um, there are a lot of logistics to it. Um, and you know, for me, I probably would use it more of like an experience type of race versus a racing type of race. Um, but that's just for me. I like to be kind of mentally dialed in and, you know, have pretty, um, I don't know, pretty structured routine beforehand. And so, um, I mean, we loaded the buses at, you know, five, 5.30 a.m., I think, and we didn't start running till um, 10.30 a.m. So there's, you know, a pretty big span 
of time in there where you're traveling and trying to eat and, you know, um, use the bathroom and get ready and, you know, do all of those types of things. And we couldn't really take, we left our, um, backpacks on, not on the bus, but they took them to the start or the finish line for us and some other things. So there's definitely some logistics, um, wrapped up in it, but that marathon is just, it's unlike anything I have ever experienced. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the first bridge alone, you know, you start and, um, I think it's the Verizona bridge. I may not be saying that correctly, but you you can see Manhattan, um, you know, you're running with your buddies and it's just, I mean, we had the perfect weather too. I mean, it was 50 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. And, um, so, and then you hit the streets of New York, you know, it's 10 people sick the whole way. And there's just so many different, um, people and languages and music and just the whole thing is just an experience. Um, it was the first race I've ever run without headphones at all. And I felt like I just wanted to experience it. You know, I wanted to experience the faces and the signs and everything that it had to offer. And it definitely did not disappoint. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it, how the next marathon experience goes because obviously it's not going to be uh the same as that so you know like like right. is, there, is there a come down is is it a little bit of a letdown is it like oh this this used to be a you know a, like like a quote-unquote <laughs> normal size race with with normal size amount of spectators where it's like you know there's a lot of time where you're kind of by yourself as far as spectators go but uh not at not at new york so that'll be that'll be interesting how that that next one plays out for you yeah, it will be. Well, and the next one, it's I'm pretty focused in on trying to get to Boston 2020. So I qualified um, this summer at Jack and Jill, but I was in that four minute and 52 right. second window. And so, um, and you know, now they've moved the marker, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that, you know, I'll probably even have to beat that marker. And so, um, yeah, it won't be quite the experience of New York for sure. But I, I'm hoping that, um you know, it'll still be something to celebrate to be able to finally, uh, know that I've, you know, punched my ticket to Boston. So, yeah, yeah, that'll be, and, and yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if you're going to be much more focused and locked in, it's probably good to not have all of those, uh, you know, ex- external, uh, you can call them distractions. You can call them, ex- you know, things of excitement, whatever you want to call it, but not having the bus ride to the start and all of the people and, and yada, 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 <laughs> right. like, it'll be nice to just be able to run your race and go and hopefully get in there and, and, and punch that ticket at the finish line. Right. Yeah. I mean, New York, it's funny because I, in July we ran, um, I ran about, oh gosh, I don't know, 45 minutes slower in New York than Mm -hmm. I did, um, you know, a few months before, but but that was just because, you know, I just wanted to experience it. It was, I, you know, um, it was really, really neat. So I would recommend that race as put on the top of anybody's bucket list as far as marathoning goes and just the whole weekend itself. And, um, it's, it's a, it's an experience for sure. Gotcha. Well, there's, there's another, another, uh check on the list of people that are telling me I need to enter the, enter the drawing. So one of these days it's, it's yeah. going to happen. Maybe, maybe or I, enter team ultra. I I mean, say maybe I need on. to enter the, enter the, uh, the team ultra giveaway and that might, that, that'll, that'll solve my problem right there if I can get it, get on that thing. So there we go. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool deal. So definitely, definitely. So, uh, when I, kind of shift gears a little bit uh and, sure. and talk some some diet nutrition stuff but first I want to take a quick second and pay a couple of bills and thank the uh the good folks over at knuckle lights uh longtime sponsor uh you know and, and this time of year if, you, if you're looking for a holiday gift or if you're looking for that that gift to put on your list for somebody to get you something running related that you don't have to worry about them screwing it up and getting you the wrong size shoes or the wrong whatever because we all have gotten those gifts where you just smile and go thanks and know that you have to take it back because it's not 
the stuff that you actually are going to use. Uh, knuckle lights. If you don't have a set yet, put them on your put them on your list. Uh, they're great, great stocking stuff or great something under the tree. Uh, but basically, as I've talked about before, I mean they're they're lights that are are on a strap that fit on the outside of your hand. So if you're if you're carrying something while you're running, if you're if you're holding the dog leash, carrying your water bottle, whatever, you don't have to you don't have to carry a light as well. Uh, you can see where you're going, uh, and and maybe more most importantly, if you're running on the roads cars can see you as well. So, you know, this, t- this time of year, any time of year, if you're running before the sun comes up, uh, drivers don't tend to look for pedestrians unless you happen to be in a, in a runner friendly town. Uh, so making sure that, that the cars can see you with, with the lights, with something shining, the, the driver going, what the heck is, oh my gosh, some, what is somebody doing out running right now? That's the kind of thing that keeps you safe and, and keeps you from, uh, you know, being another, uh, not another, hopefully not another, hopefully never anymore, but, uh, cars versus humans, the cars win every time. So you don't want to get into that battle and knuckle lights will help keep you safe out there. So check them out. Knucklelights.com is the website, different colors, different styles available. Um, I like the rechargeable ones, but they also have battery powered ones as well. So if you're out for a really long time and you're worried about the charge holding up, which it holds up for like six, seven hours. So unless you're doing ultras, you should be good, but uh, you can get the battery ones. So you can switch out the batteries on the trail as well, but knucklelights.com, all the info's there and let them know you heard about it here on Diz Runs Radio, uh, because we're, we're, it's, it's just nice to know for them that their advertising dollars are working. So thanks to Knucklelights for supporting the show. So Lisa, uh, getting getting mm-hmm. back to uh, to like I said, shifting gears a little bit, talking talking some some diet and some nutrition. And uh, as as a dietitian yourself, I'm sure that you get the the question from all of your running friends whenever whenever somebody finds out that that's that that's what your background is, that's what your education is, that's what you do uh, professionally, and you're a runner. So I'm I'm, I'm sure you get the question, and, and uh, probably with more expectation of a good answer than what I get because I'm just a guy that that studies some nutrition stuff, but certainly you know hasn't hasn't gone through all the coursework and the training and things like that. Um, but when, when people are talking about what to eat as, as and I know this is a terrible question cause it'd be pretty vague, but we'll, we'll start here <laughs> and, and, okay. and dial it in as we go. Um, you know, I'm, everybody knows, I think everybody knows if you've been running long enough, nutrition's important, but trying to find out what to eat is, is something that, that trips people up left, right, and, and center. Uh, so when somebody comes to you with that question, what should I eat? Like for instance, on race day, we'll try to narrow it down just a little bit. What should I eat on race day? How, how do you even begin to answer that question with something that's actually useful for the person that you're trying to help out? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, as a dietitian, you know, you can learn a lot from the internet, obviously, but I think what dietitians bring is we bring some individual, like individual services to people. Mm So I always like to know, um, from people, you know, what do you tolerate best? What do you like to eat? You know, how do you feel your body, um, during training? And then what have you done in the past? And is that working? You know, what's your performance been? Do you feel like your performance matches your ability? So there's kind of a lot of questions in there. Um, to deal with. And it also depends on the distance of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, the marathon eating is, is pretty, is much different than half marathon eating, especially 5k and 10k mm-hmm. eating. So, um, you know, for race day, what we have kind of, I've been working with just kind of to fine tuning my friend's nutrition over the last year, just, um, trying to, you know, improve their performance because nutrition is a huge piece of performance. And I don't think, I think it's one of those things that, um, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes either people don't realize how much impact it has, or it's kind of the last thing that they come to mm-hmm. as far as, um, you know, I don't know. So all that to say, um, you know, going into a race, there's always important things that are happening even up to a week before. So, um, you know, if you're running a marathon, I always want to make sure, you know, you're well hydrated, you're eating enough carbs and you're eating enough carbs to maximize the amount of carbs that you can store in your body. 
Um, so we look at those types of things on race day morning. Um, and even the day before, honestly, it's a lot about boring foods, <laughs> you know, foods that, you know, you tolerate well, um, foods that are not necessarily anything exciting. Um, my typical race meal is oatmeal, bananas, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it also depends on who you are, what size you are, how your tummy holds up on race morning, things like that. So um, everybody that I run with, we kind of have a different breakfast based on, you know, what they like to eat, what they mm-hmm. can handle, what their stomach can handle, that kind of stuff. So it's a little individual, but um, it's always pretty um, standard as far as, you know, rich carbohydrates, one that you can digest easily that your body can use. And so that you're, you know, you're lining up on that race ready to go with, um, you know, you've done your part as far as your body's ready to race. You've got the carbohydrates you need. You're well hydrated. Um, but you know, not overfed and not overhydrated too. So, um, and then race nutrition is kind of a whole beast in itself. Um, (laughs) you know, the marathon is interesting because you really cannot run that race to your peak performance without nutrition. I mean, it's just kind of, impossible. It's physiologically impossible. Your body can only hold so many calories and you're going to burn so many calories running. Um, so you've got to figure out what that looks like for you and how to best fuel your body so that you can, um, so you can race at your best. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pieces to it. So hopefully I touched on a few things within that. Yeah, you, you definitely did. And I, I feel like, um, the, the biggest thing is, is to remember for all of us to remember that there is no, you know, I'm a big, a big uh, proponent of there is no such thing as one size fits all. And, and that relates to everything. You know, it, I talk about it right. from, a, from a coaching and training perspective, but obviously from a nutri- nutrition perspective as well, what, what works perfectly for you might not probably doesn't work perfectly well for, you know, a lot of other people. So it's, it's all about kind of trial and error and, and figuring it out and, and, you know, using some, some common sense and kind of some, some, um, you know, guidelines or maybe using what, what works for other people as a, as a starting point, but then tweaking, refining and making sure that, that you're, you're doing what works for you so that you can be as, as well prepared as possible. Right. So, yeah. So the math around marathon running and nutrition, the math is typically the same, you know, you look, you know, you can store this much, you're going to probably burn this much. We can do that. Those kind of calculations, sorry, I'm kind of a math nerd. My undergraduate degree is in math. And so, um, so that part stays the same, but you know, how you approach those calories and, you know, those numbers and things is very different. Um, I did a nutrition plan for Christy for New York and I did a nutrition plan for Carly at New York and they were very different. Um, they digest differently. They handle things differently. They, um, you know, perform on different sets of carbs differently. And so, um, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch that play out and I'm even different from them. I'm more of a, I don't do super well with, um, all of the, you know, gels and chews and things like that. I'm more of kind of a, I have to eat real food (laughs) during a race, which sounds kind of crazy, but, um, so yeah. So for me, I'm still trying to figure that out, um, because I just don't digest some of those things well. And, um, Anyway, so like Christy's plan was, you know, alternating Fig Newtons and some chews and some Gatorades and Carly's was, you know, gels and chews and Gatorades and different things at different points. And so um, anyway, it's interesting. I enjoy uh, trying to work through those with people. Yeah, certainly. And, and I don't think it's crazy to do to prefer and, and do better with real foods either, because that was that used to be my uh, my big 
fueling method of choice. My my uh, all all time best go to is was always like orange slices or something citrus. I don't know uh, yeah. whether it was the vitamin C, whether it was the the fact that I had something to chew as opposed to try to choke down a gel or or what it was. But uh, there were several several races where I can remember like getting that that wedge or two of orange and just almost feeling like I could like it was like an IV like I could feel it coursing through my body almost it was it was yeah. hard to explain but that was like so I'm 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 all in on the the real food side of things for sure Well yeah it's funny that you say that I mean there's some research studies that show um you know when you when you get to a point where um your performance is suffering because you need carbohydrates even just um, a swish of Gatorade or a bite of something that has carbohydrates in it, mm-hmm. um, in your mouth, it sends messages to your brain like, okay, I have something in, let's release a little bit more energy. Um, because your body is, you know, trying to protect yourself mm-hmm. from, you know, getting to a point of complete exhaustion. And so, um, even just the presence of carbohydrates in your mouth at certain points, um, can actually trick your brain into, um, or not trick your brain, but tell your brain like, Hey, it's okay. We can push a little bit more because we've got some fuel coming in. So kind of interesting that you say that because that matches what some of the research shows. Yeah. Yeah, it it certainly does. And, uh, I I know if I, if I don't at least bring this up, I'm going to get lots of people, uh, chiming (laughs) in. Uh, you probably know where I'm I'm going with this because this was started to to discuss a little bit in, uh, in, in Wichita and then kind of got diverted for one reason or another. But, um, what's your take on the, the, the lower carb, uh, fueling method, which, which I've been doing now for, for almost a year. Um, and, and I'm not, I promise I'm not trying to be contrarian. Uh, I'm not, I'm oh, not no, trying not to, 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 uh, to pick a fight, but like I've run this year, my three best marathons, not necessarily three fastest time-wise. Uh, one was, a, one was a new PR, which was a week after running, uh, running in, in, in uh, Wichita with you guys. Um, yeah. but, uh, I mean, it was the, the, the three times that I've ever run a marathon start to finish without stopping to walk, without feeling mentally like I've, I'm fatigued, give up, hit the wall, bonk, whatever, whatever you want to use, uh, as far as terminology goes. Um, I mean, this was these. This was my best year of of marathon running by far, and I didn't even like. I really didn't even try to race any of them, and and I still came in with a new PR. Um, and and yes, there was some training difference. I'm not going to try to discount and say it was all dietary, and and my training was exactly the same that it, that it has been because that that's not not accurate. And I don't want to paint an inaccurate picture, but my my race day fueling was literally like water until mile 18, and then. Uh, I, I, I mixed some, uh, some tailwind into, into one of my bottles and kind of sipped on that from, from 18 to, to 26, a couple pieces of fruit before the start, start line. So probably a hundred calories, 150 calories, something like that for, for the, uh, the entirety of the race feeling strong all the way to the finish. So, um, just, just kind of giving you that perspective of what my experience was, but, you know, zooming back out a little bit from, from not making this just about me, what's your, what's your take on those types of, of, trends that are starting to maybe catch hold in some various parts of the uh, endurance scene? Yeah. So, um, I've done some reading on it and, um, I deal a lot with, um, you know, different variations of, um, macronutrients and diets and things in the family practice that I work. But as far as, um, endurance performance and, you know, kind of adjusting lower carbohydrates, higher carbohydrates, um, it's kind of mixed. I mean, you know, I think that there, there is a way to do it. Um, you know, when we're switching our diets to lower carbohydrate diets, we're switching our energy source, Mm -hmm. right? So we're not using carbohydrates as our fuel system anymore. We're using ketones, which, um, ketones are a more level, um, constant energy source 
but they can't handle big spikes or big drops. Does that make sense? So like, you know, if you were going to run a 10 minute mile and then run a five minute mile and then run, you know, or, you know, something like Mm -hmm. that, or maybe it was a really hilly race where you're having to increase your effort past what, you know, your threshold is or something like that. Um, that's more of, that's probably better suited for carbohydrate. But if you're, if you've, you know, done lots of steady paces and lots of, um, consistent fueling at a lower carbohydrate level, you know, you can absolutely run on that energy source, but it's more of the, they, in the research, it doesn't seem to have a benefit as far as, um, carbohydrates versus, um, you know, when you're burning ketones on those steady paces. So like ultra runners are probably the people that would benefit the most because Mm -hmm. it's a lot of long, um, consistent mileage at paces that aren't, um, you know, in their highest effort. Does that make sense? And so, um, so it can be done. I mean, you're probably just burning ketones Mm -hmm. through your marathon. Um, but I would guess that if you varied your paces or, um, you know, raced to a certain level or something like that, that you, that carbohydrates would probably need to be a part of that. Um, and especially for, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend switching to a lower carbohydrate because I think, um, the history shows us that a higher carbohydrate diet for endurance runners tends to have the best performance, but that's not to say that, um, it can't be done and then it's not right for you. I mean, everybody is built differently. Everybody has different genetics. Everybody has different, um, tolerances to things. I mean, there are genetic predispositions, um, for carbohydrate sensitivity or better fat burning or different things like that, um, that make it more successful for other people. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, there's, there's an argument there and there's, um, ways to go about it. But, you know, for somebody like you, I would definitely, um, you know, discuss that with somebody, you know, a dietitian or, you know, something, um, to make sure that, you know, you're, um, well-nourished and you mm-hmm. feel like you're performing well, it sounds like you found a good balance, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm open to things like that. I think that, um, realistically people are doing it and we need to figure out what that looks like and how that works. And, um, yeah. Gotcha. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, cer- certainly it does. And, and, um, there's definitely, you know, from, from the, the study and research that I've done, which I'm, I'm not even going to pretend that it's on the same level that, that yours is, but from, from what I've seen, especially from a, a performance, you know, standpoint as, as a runner is that it's, it's, it's not necessarily that it's an, it's an either or, especially at kind of those, those longer duration, but, but the, the steadier state type of, of running, um, it's just that you're getting more calories or more, you're creating more energy from, from the ketones, from, from, from the fat, um, so that, one of the big turnouts for me, the, the thing, quite honestly, is that I don't necessarily need to eat as much, if if anything at all. Like I said, I mean, I take I take a little bit of of tailwind towards towards the last you know third of of a race to get that little you know tap into some of that 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 those carbs that I've certainly been burning some of them, especially on race day because I'm not worried as much about keeping my heart rate under a certain level. Um, and and, and I think that maybe sometimes, uh, again, just like anything, things get lost in the nuance, and that it's not an either or, but it can if you want it to be, it can be a both and situation, um, to where, you know, it's, 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 it's just ultimately coming down to finding what's right for you. Right. I mean, we, we store more fat on our body than we do carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. which is part of the source of ketones. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a longer sustaining energy source for sure, but it just can't handle 
um, big peaks in, um, you know, changes. It's, it's for more of a steady long-term type of pace. Um, so from what I've read, so, um, you know, with carbohydrates, we have a kind of a finite amount on our body. And so that's why we have to fuel with carbohydrates if you're on a higher carbohydrate diet. So, um, but with fat, I mean, we have a lot more, um, um, stores on our bodies. And so we're able to, you know, keep that energy burning longer. And, um, but yeah, it just, it's not able to kind of react with our body as quickly as carbohydrates are. Right, right. And then there's, then there's those random, uh, freaks of nature. Uh, I don't know if you, you heard about this or maybe you heard the numbers, but not necessarily know, uh, that Zach Bitter, who's just recently set the hundred mile, uh, trail world record. I think it was, uh, like 12 hours or something. It was like 740 pace or something like that for, for a hundred oh miles. And he's, he's like, he's like, he's a, he's a fat, you know, a, a high fat, uh, low carb runner too. So I don't know exactly what he ate that day. I know, I know he's been on record before saying that on race day, he will eat some more carbs, but I mean, you know, and, and he's just a, yeah, I mean, obviously I think a freak that's athlete too. So. The benefits is in that long-term ultra base running. It'd be mm-hmm. interesting for somebody like him to see what he could do, you know, in a 26.2, right. you know, all out, I mean, not all out pace, but all out marathon pace, mm-hmm. um, you know, fueling with carbohydrates. It's really, I, I think people like that are fascinating. I mean, yeah. I, you know, the research is there definitely for ultra, um, mm-hmm. marathoning, not that I would suggest, you know, anybody switching to that, um, (laughs) you know, based on this this podcast, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of the books that I, I read, it's called endure. It's all about, um, the peak or the, um, peaks of human performance. And they have different chapters on, you know, hydration and nutrition, and they have a lot of discussion in there about the research on, um, carbohydrate based eating versus lower carbohydrate based eating and how that compares to road racing or ultra racing Mm -hmm. and distances. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting topic. Um, I'm fascinated by all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. And, and along those, those same lines, um, and, and you mentioned earlier that there's, there's, there's no shortage of, of, you know, of, of science, of, of literature, of just, you know, anecdotal experience of, of, you know, especially in, in the marathon, you're talking about, about road racing and marathon level of, of the, the, you know, the, the, the runner's diet, the endurance, I mean, shoot, there's a book, there's, there's books about it, the endurance diet and, and uh, things right. like that, as far as, as how many, um, carbs you, you know, that, that we need as, as to perform as, as athletes. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not in the, the world nearly as much as you are, but, uh, is, 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 um, is some of this maybe new refocus on, on the fat adaption and, and, and lower carb uh, way of eating. Is that something that seems like, again, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this isn't the, the, the right question or a fair question. Maybe it's leading. I, I don't mean it to be that way, but is that something okay. that, that you see maybe as, as gaining a bit of traction? Um, even if it's not something that, that you're clearly not all in on it at this point. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say I'm all in. I'm still kind of in the camp of, you know, probably 55 or anywhere from 50 to 60% of your normal diet when you're doing um, lots of marathon training should come from carbohydrates. I think, you know, that's what, um, what we know works. That's what, um, you know, performance tells us where you're going to have some advantages, but on the same end, you know, when, when we think, see things like, um, low carbohydrate or ketone burning diets come and become more popular, I mean, the, the bright side of that is that, you know, people are going to be interested in that. They're going to do more research on it. We're going to learn more about those types of things. And who knows what comes out of it, you know? I mean, I think as dietitians, um, we always, you know, tend to say, oh, no, you know, that's that's not the way to do it. But right. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that way. I think it just provides opportunities for people to learn. And, um, you know, if we can find a way that um, provides better performance that for, you know, 
the masses or one person or a few people, I mean, I think great. Um, I mean, everybody is different and everybody works differently. And um, to say that everybody is the same, I think is, um, is not the way to approach it. So yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's more discussion around things like that and which will lead to more research. And um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, 10, 20 years from now where we'll be with all that kind of stuff. But for me, I mean, I'm still going to stay in that higher carb camp, but um, that doesn't mean I wouldn't work with an athlete. Um, I had a discussion with an athlete that um, runs on similar to you where they do um, like a ketone burning diet and um, runs marathons. And so there's actually a way to do it too with you can do um, lower carbohydrates and then you can do it's like a 10 day build up to build up um your glycogen and run on carbohydrates and then go back to, I mean, there's a thousand different ways to approach right. things. And so, um, anyway, that's why I love my job. I mean, I get to talk about food and mm-hmm. nerdy math stuff and <laughs> I just, I just think it's really cool. So, um, anyway, yeah. Well, anytime that you want to come back and nerd out on, on math and, and, and food and, and nutrition, it's, it's a topic I could go into all day. And for anybody that, that was hoping that they were going to get the answer of what to eat on race day, like, sorry, sorry to break your, to burst your bubble, but it's, it's, it's all about what works for you. And, and sometimes being willing to try some different things, whether it's something as drastic as what I'm doing or not, but just try and try and real food, try in a different brand oh, yeah. of, of, of race day fuel, try in, you know, different, you know, carb heavy meals, if that was what works for you. But instead of going all pasta, maybe go sweet potatoes or maybe go whatever, you know, different, different starch your vegetables or, or more fruit or whatever, but just tweaking and adjusting and, and always trying to figure out if there's a, a better way to do things for, for you, uh, is kind of, I think at least what I would say, and, and it sounds like maybe we're probably in pretty good agreement there when it comes to the nutrition, yeah. but just keep trying different things and, and be open to different possibilities and, and, and stick with what works best for you ultimately. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm not a big pasta eater in general. I like a lot of, you know, plant-based, um, I eat lots of fruits and veggies and things like that. And I find that when I switch to things like that, I just, you know, before race day, I just don't really feel great. Mm-hmm. So I tend to just kind of eat like I normally eat, but then add a few extra servings of complex carbohydrates on top of that. And then have a good, um, race day plan that I follow, um, that I know works. And so, um, yeah, it's different for everybody. And, um, that's where somebody like me or, you know, somebody in your area could step in and just either have a discussion or have some help. I'm going to be starting to do some nutrition coaching through Wahoo Run mm-hmm. here, um, pretty quickly. Um, and I'm always open to talking to anybody about, um, things like that. I, you know, like I said, I love what I do. I love my job. Um, nerding out on math, be careful what you ask for, you know, <laughs> is, is my favorite thing to do. I get several eye rolls from my friends that they're like, okay, here she goes again. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. So, and I love nothing more than for somebody to find what works for them and have, you know, the performance to follow. So, um, anyway, that's kind of just my general philosophy around things. Perfect guys. If, if you like what you're hearing, definitely check Lisa out and, uh, we'll keep you, we'll keep you updated for, for, uh, any, uh, announcements on, you know, kind of officially starting the, the coaching or, or whatever. Uh, but definitely, definitely follow along with, with Lisa. And, and, uh, you know, if you have questions, ask her, obviously she, she, she knows a bit and she's, if you have something that's a little bit out of the box, clearly she's, she's open to discussing things outside of the box as opposed to just slapping you down and telling you that that's wrong. So, which is a good thing, I, th- I think when it comes to, <laughs> to working with, with a coach or an expert. So as, as we're wrapping things up here, Lisa, uh, going to, going to make the, the philosophical question, a, a short one, uh, a sweet one, as far as, you know, it's like a four word question, but, uh, you can, you, obviously you can take it and run with it and answer it however you, you see fit. But, uh, at this point in your life, um, you know, with where you are 
career-wise, family-wise, being in, the, in a great community of, of runners as well. Um, wh- why do you still run? Why do you still get out there at, at five o'clock in the morning and, and go pound the pavement with uh, with the girls? Why, why, why do you run these days? Gosh, that's a hard question. So many things wrapped up in that. You know, I mean, running for me has just always been something I've loved and enjoyed. I never um, knew that I was going to be a runner. Um, but it just kind of fell into my lap with various things, which is silly because I actually come from, um, my dad and my uncle were, um, pretty high level track athletes in college. But, um, anyway, I think for me, there's a lot of different parts to it. You know, there's a therapy aspect of it to it. You know, it helps me sort through whatever's going on in my life and, um, just brings a sense of calm. It brings a lot of joy. Um, it also brings things, um, you know, accomplishments and, um, and then it also just brings really great people. I mean, I, runners are absolutely my favorite people. Um, you know, not only just my friends, but everybody that we meet, you know, they're just, they're, um, determined people, they're loving people. Um, there's just, there's so many things about runners and just running in general that, um, brings me, you know, just joy and happiness. So, um, I'm running right now in kind of a different season of life. My kids are, my youngest is four, so I have more time to train. And, um, and it's just, it, it, things keep multiplying. If you had asked me, you know, 10 years ago when I became a dietitian, if I would ever work in any sort of sports realm, I would have laughed and said, <laughs> no way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just finds a way into, um, you know, all these joys in my life are just kind of coming together, whether it's, you know, running and nutrition and my friends and, um, you know, my family and everything else. So it's just, it's been a really big gift in my life. And so um, I run for that. Um, but I also run because I realize that, hey, you know, I can kind of do this thing. And it's fun to to see, you know, some hard work pay off. I mean, what a great life lesson, you know, you put in the work and, you know, results come out of it. And so I think that's important, not only for myself, um, coming out of, you know, some hard years as a family and hard years raising kids and, um, which is still, uh, of course, actively going Mm -hmm. on, but there's not, I mean, you've got a four-year-old, so you remember those days of, um, (laughs) (laughs) babies in the house Uh and toddlers and yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time. So, um, yeah, I hope for it to be a lifelong thing and hope for it to continue um, just to, to be what it is. And I know that those times, the faster times will sometimes will eventually fade. And um, but I still think that running will just always be there and always be a significant part of who I am and what I do. And um, hopefully my kids will, you know, fall into that as well at some point. And um my husband has kind of gotten a little competitive. He actually beat me in a 5K last week, which <laughs> was kind of funny. I know. Um, so I'm going to have to challenge him to a longer race than three miles. But um, anyway, that was kind of a long rambling answer to just it just it feeds my soul in ways that, you know, I haven't found anything else to do. So um, I hope to to be a part for it to be a part of me for a long time. Yeah, I think you're you're preaching to the choir and a lot of people hoping those same things for themselves and, and for all the all many of the very same reasons that you gave. So great, great way to wrap it up. Even if it felt long and rambly to you, I think it was the perfect, perfect way to wrap up today's chat. So once again, guys, at Wahoo underscore LB, as in the initials, Lisa Braden uh, on, on Instagram. And uh, as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, disruns.com slash six, five, nine. Maybe we'll even try to dig out that uh, that video from uh, from Team Ultra application and, and post that oh up there as well. God. Ellen, Ellen <laughs> I mean, if you can find that. There. 
put that put that link in there, or maybe, maybe let me know, and we'll, we'll go embed it somehow. But uh, but uh, definitely check, yeah. check that out. Dizruns.com slash six five nine. Lisa, thanks for uh, for taking the time. Thanks for not you know shaming me too much for my dietary choices. But uh, oh certainly... no, that's not who I am at all. I enjoy a good uh, a good challenging discussion. So that was great. Fantastic. So thanks thanks again for the time. Certainly looking forward to staying in touch. And like I said, let us know when you're officially. Uh, open for business and we'll, we'll put it out there and, and see if some people can, uh, you know, can benefit from what your, your, obviously your, your knowledge and wisdom and experience can, can provide them. So thanks again and all the best going sure. forward. Yes, you too. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Lisa and myself. And as per huge, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that uh, you know that stuck out, that that uh, resonated, that uh, you're going to remember moving forward from today's conversation? There were definitely several things in uh, in my mind that uh, definitely uh, uh, you know I, I can I can relate to or or made me stop and think a little bit that, that I can resonate with. Um, and I'm going to go with one that maybe maybe is a little bit less obvious than the one that you think I'm going to probably go with, and that is the idea that when uh, Lisa was talking about the decision that she made to skip. CIM this year to skip the California International Marathon, which actually has happened in between the time that we had this this conversation and the time that it's actually been released. Um, but but that's that's one of those choices that that I don't think a lot of us and and I'm probably guilty as well. Uh, that, that's a choice that a lot of us would really struggle to to make. You know, we we've signed up for this race and this has been kind of a, a goal race, and then you know. She had another opportunity. She had the opportunity to go run New York, and, and her body was telling her that, uh, hey, running another marathon, it's not not the right choice right now, not what we need. We need a little bit of less less stress, less volume, a little bit more time to recover, things like that. Um, that's, that's a tough choice when you've already paid your entry fee, and, and I don't know the details about CIM, but I know a lot of races, the details are you can't switch, you can't defer. Some races allow it, but not, not all of them. So who knows? Maybe she's, maybe she's out the entry fee, and, and you know, she'd already gotten plane tickets. And she, like she said, she went, went and got to spectate, but you know, didn't get to go have the experience that, that she had planned on having six months ago, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, sometimes we get so locked into this idea. We, we paid for this race and by God, come hell or high water, I am going to go and run this race no matter what my body is telling me. And that's, that's not, that's not a good situation to be in. And, and like I said, it's something that's easy for me to tell you to do something that's easy for me to recommend for my athletes to do. But if I'm in that situation, it's, it's a tough call. It's a tough situation to be like, yeah, I, I paid this money and I'm not going to do it. And so, you know, it, it really stood out to me when, when Lisa was saying that, that, you know, she's just not going to run this race this year because her body is telling her not to. Boy, that's that's next level. That's that's a difficult thing to do. And, and kudos to her for doing it. And something that I, I definitely think that I can can learn from. And maybe you can as well. That that it's that important that we listen to our bodies that even if that means we're we're you know, bidding, bidding farewell to some money for an entry fee and, and the ex- chance to experience the race. Sometimes that's the right choice, as difficult as it might be to make. So that was, that was my takeaway. Something that uh, isn't easy to do, isn't something that uh, um, a lot of us are, are necessarily willing to do. I know because I've seen this on social media. I've seen this in the Facebook group. I've, I've seen this with my athletes where it's like, I paid for this race. I'm going to do it. Even if it's not maybe the best choice long-term and, and gosh, sometimes Sometimes you just got to listen when your body's telling you no. 
not easy to do. Not easy to do at all. But that was that was my takeaway. A little gut check. A little uh, reminder to to always listen to the body and make the right choice, even if it's not the easy choice. Oh, difficult one to make, but uh, certainly Lisa made the right choice, and and hopefully something we can all learn from and reflect back upon, or at least I can. <laughs> maybe maybe you don't need to learn this lesson, but I'm assuming maybe you might need to. So something to keep in mind the next time you're you're facing that dilemma of which which thing to do. What's your body telling you? Listen to your body. It's not going to steer you wrong. Uh, but that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at Dizruns. Shoot me an email. Dizruns at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at Dizruns. You can leave me a comment there as well. Uh, and of course, you can head over to the show notes for this episode and leave your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there. Dizruns.com slash 659 is a link that will take you right to the show notes. Uh, and you can you can leave your, your comments and thoughts and takeaways to your heart's content in the comment box. It's at the bottom of the page. Uh, but, uh, that is it for today. Uh, once again, knucklelights.com. Thanks to knucklelights and, and the team over there for, for supporting the show, continuing to support the show. Um, great product. If you're looking for a light, something to help you see a great Christmas present or birthday present, somebody's asking you what to get you for, for the next gift giving occasion, recommend some knucklelights and, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a great, great product and I know you're going to, going to love it. So knucklelights.com is the website. Uh, and now without any further ado, Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting the sponsors. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for all you do to uh, to help keep me going. Hopefully, uh, these these podcast episodes help you keep going as well, and, and I can continue to, to repay that in other ways. Got a lot of things coming in 2019. I'm, I'm excited about. Uh, hope hope that you'll be excited about them as well. We'll, we'll let we'll let the cat out of the bag pretty soon. But uh, for now, please be well. Take good care. Thank you all for listening as per usual. And uh, until next time, take care, guys.